It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. Friday. Happy Friday to all of you. I'm Guy Benson. Our last hour of the week here at the Guy Benson Show coming to you from drizzly, overcast Omaha, Nebraska today in town to see my Wildcats up in Lincoln tomorrow evening battling the Huskers. Big Ten action. That should be fun. Here at the show, our website is GuyBensonShow.com. The podcast is free every day, including bonus Benson on the weekends. That's GuyBensonShow.com. And this hour is sponsored by the Finnish Long Drink, which we love, especially on weekends. You've got to try it. TheLongDrink.com, that's their website, TheLongDrink.com. 21 plus only, please always drink responsibly. You can find out where it's sold near you. They're expanding by popular demand, or you can order online, which is our course of action in our household. TheLongDrink.com, here in the happy hour. And I am extremely pleased to welcome to the show... Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter John Andrasik of Five for Fighting. And, John, it was great to see you in concert in the D.C. area on Sunday night, and we are so grateful that you have some time for us here today to talk about your life, your work, and in particular, a new song that you've written. Welcome. Kai, thanks for having me. Always been a big fan of yours, and it's a pleasure to uh, talk to you after seeing you. Yeah, it was really cool. Felt like half of Fox News DC was at that concert <laughs> in Alexandria, Virginia. You told a story on stage that I thought was so cool. Before we get into heavier, weightier matters, you talked about how you were discovered by kind of like a talent scout when you were playing in a piano bar many years ago and how that person helped develop your career. And then there was an interesting punchline to that story and that relationship. If you're comfortable, would you share it with the audience? Because I thought it was a really cool insight into your life and your career. Yeah, you know, it's funny, the whole cliche of, you know, being discovered on on the streets of Hollywood um, actually came true for me. I was playing in a piano bar on Melrose and Vine, a very small piano bar. I would play on Friday nights, and I would have to pay a few of my friends to come, so they would allow me to play the next Friday night. And uh, a woman walked in and sat in the back row. And after my set, she came up and said, you know, I get people record deals. And it's Hollywood, right? So you hear a lot of stuff. Uh, and uh, I'd heard that before. Right. But promises, was, promises. Yeah, right. So, But she was very attractive, and it is rock and roll. So I said, all right, well, maybe we should work together. And turns out she worked for a very um, high-level publishing company, EMI Publishing. And she had signed some... Uh, successful acts like Jewel and No Doubt. And uh, so she knew what she was doing. And she would always tell me that, you know, we need the song, the song, because that's uh, how you get a record deal. You you have to have the song. Everybody's searching for the song, which certainly implied that I did not have the song yet. Um, so I tried to write songs to uh, appease her. I even wrote a song called The Song that she didn't think was funny. <laughs> and um, uh, But finally I played her 
a song that actually I, I almost didn't play here because it was a song that could never be on the radio. It was a sad song about the per- perspective of uh, a small child uh, of divorce. And it's a heavy song. And she at the end said, uh, that's the song. And believe it or not, uh, she played it for Brian Koppelman at uh, EMI Records. And off I, off I went. And uh, your, your postscript uh, line after I played the song is, I did, after all that adventure, end up marrying her, and she's been the love of my life, and my supporter next year will be married 25 years. Wow. So it's been, uh, it's been great to share my whole ride with her. I love that story so much. I knew the punchline. I knew the ending and what was coming. I did not know on Sunday night when you told it, but sitting here now, and I still smiled when you said that you ended up getting married. You've been together for almost 25 years. That's just a spectacular story. But on that point, of course, she had a point in your business to really break through as a success and to be on the charts and to get radio play. You need the song. And for you, as you look back on your biggest hits, what do you think is the song for you? Is it Superman? I'm more than a bird. I'm more than a plane. I'm more than some pretty face beside a tray. Is it 100 years? Which was the biggest one? And how did you sort of have that moment as an artist where you said, oh, my gosh, I've had my first hit. I'm having some success. I don't want to end up as a one-hit wonder. You, of course, have had a number of hits that have gotten radio play, and people know you. People know Five for Fighting. How did you go about not psyching yourself out and just going about your business and cranking out a second and then a third and then a fourth hit? That's a good question. You know, I actually was fortunate there was a song before Superman called Easy Tonight, and it wasn't a big hit, but it was successful on the songwriter stations. It was a number one AAA song. And it just gave us enough uh, leverage to go for another song. And that song was Superman. I'd, I'd had a sense with Superman that when people heard it, they reacted. And I think it was success for a couple of reasons. One, when it came out, it was like nothing else. You know, it was the late 90s, which was Lil Affair, boy bands, grunge music. And it wasn't the age of Billy Joel and Elton John. The piano was not on the radio. So when it started uh, resonating, I think it had a unique slot. And then, of course, after 9-11, it became one of the songs to kind of provide solace for the nation for 9-11. And then it went to a completely different spot that nobody could have imagined. And then you're right. After 100 years, I mean, after Superman, I was the Superman guy. I wasn't a songwriter. (laughs) How do you follow that song, especially with a song that has a certain context within the culture that, you know, can never be achieved again, right. hopefully. Right. Um, and I spent two years trying to write the follow-up to Superman. And, you know, a lot of artists make the mistake of they try, to, they try to regurgitate their hit. They try to write the same song, make it a little different, and it doesn't work. And I knew I had to have something that uh, it's still that guy, but it had to stand on its own. And it took, as I said, over two years. I wrote 100 songs. Finally, I had 100 years, and... Um, you know, Superman was a gift. It came in an hour. You know, 100 years took me four months, you know, to make sure everything was right. And still you don't know. But luckily for me, you know, 100 years was another popular song. And 
then uh, I became a songwriter, not a one-hit wonder. And uh, no, hey, there's worse things than being a one-hit wonder guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a zero-hit wonder is much worse than a, a no-hit <laughs> one-hit wonder. But but yeah, I've been I've been just so blessed to have my songs, you know, be embraced through the you know through the first decade of the 2000s. And uh, I don't know which one. I mean, certainly Superman's my baby, and it, without that one, we probably wouldn't be talking. But you know, there's other songs that find their way into other uh, niches of the, the culture that are equally as important to me. You mentioned Billy Joel and Elton John in that previous answer. Billy Joel is my favorite musical artist. I've seen him half a dozen times in concert. I cannot get enough Billy Joel. My first ever concert in my life, my friend Dan took me to see Billy and Elton John together in the face-to-face tour in Philadelphia. We drove down and for a first concert, that's pretty good. Billy Joel and Elton John, they were singing each other's songs like every other verse for a while. It was just amazing. Do you have a favorite musical artist from whom you drew inspiration, sort of your go-to? Well, that is, it's hard to top that for your first concert. I'm, right? I'm, I'm, older, I'm older than you. But my first concert was Billy Joel at the Fabulous hey. Forum in Los Angeles. Cool. Uh, Gla- the Glass Houses tour. I was 15 years old, and I watched him do his thing. That was kind of Billy at his height, and I wanted to do that. And certainly I've seen Elton a dozen times, and again, one of the most prolific, amazing melodists we've ever seen. And But no, I'm, I'm from those piano guys. You know, I'm from the age of James Taylor, Joni Mitchell, the Beatles. Uh, I'm a rock guy. I love The Who. I love Zeppelin. I kind of come from that age. But I like the storytellers, right? The uh, the Cats in the Cradle you know, songs that have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that's where I kind of write from. And I think that's probably why you know, folks that kind of embrace that kind of songwriting relate to my tunes. Glass Houses. So that would be You May Be Right, Don't Ask Me yeah. Why couple underrated songs all for lena i don't want to be alone we could talk billy joel and let's do it in private sometime but i want to talk (laughs) about you and your new song and before we talk about that song i'll put you on the spot and you don't have to have a perfect answer to this because it's probably hard nevertheless do you have a favorite song of yours if you were to perform it one last time and they said john you get to play one song your last play your favorite song what would it be yeah, that's hard, but you know, it it could it could easily be a hundred years for the reason that I'm always in the song somewhere, and if it's my last breath, I'm in that song in the last note, um, and we're always there's always a place for everyone in that song, and again, Superman, I couldn't write, you know, these days it's easy to be me. I've learned it's very easy to be me, and and after meeting people with real problems, mm-hmm. but hundred years, I always find myself somewhere in that tune. And it's um, it's one I think that folks uh, relate to. So it, it would probably be 100 years. John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, our guest here on the Guy Benson Show in the Happy Hour. When we come back, a brand new song, perhaps a political song. John says it's a moral song. It's about Afghanistan. And he has just released it. We will play it for you in its entirety and get John's commentary on the Guy Benson Show. You do not want to miss this. It's next. Benson Show. It's a happy hour, and if you're listening on the broadcast, that's Riddle by Five for Fighting. Maybe my favorite Five for Fighting song. Our guest is John Androsik of Five for Fighting. And as I told you earlier in the week, 
a group of us were able to go and see John perform in this great string quartet. There were arrangements for his songs. It was really great at this small theater in Alexandria, Virginia on Sunday night. And after everything was done, after the major songs were over and he was wrapping up his encore, he brought out an acoustic guitar and performed a new song that he wrote in anger about the American withdrawal from Afghanistan, a topic that we have covered a lot here on this show. And I know many of you are disgusted and angry and in some ways humiliated for the country. And John had a lot of those same emotions, and he channeled that into writing a song called Blood on My Hands, which he performed. And there was, there was an edge to him as he sang and performed this song live. He is with us on the air here. John, is there anything that you want to quickly set up before people listen? We're going to play this song, Blood on My Hands. Quick setup from you. I would just say it's a moral message. It's not a political one. And I hope people listen to it in that context. And with that, let's listen together. Blood on my hands by Five for Fighting. Got blood on my hands. Got blood on my hands. And I don't understand. What's happening? There's blood on these hands And still Americans Left her the Taliban Scream 
Blood on My Hands by Five for Fighting. John Andrasik is with us. And, John, we have a few minutes left here. If you just want to maybe tell the audience about your creative process, the message there is pretty straightforward. But I know that you have some thoughts that you would like to add about how this song came together. Yeah, I take no joy in writing it, take no joy in releasing it. wasn't intending on do it. Certainly when our 13 shoots were killed, I was angry. But the song didn't form until I uh, was talking to a friend who was organizing evacuations uh, after our troops left. And I, I said, are you telling me you're risking your life to go rescue our citizens and allies that we left behind? And she said, yes. The verses wrote themselves there. And then when the president said we had an extraordinary success and Millie and Austin echoed that political narrative, I was very concerned. So the song really started with... Uh, a, a call for recognizing that we broke the American promise and that accountability matters. But, Guy, it's expanded even since we've spoken, because in the last few shows, I have veterans and military families literally coming up to me, can't even speak. They are so angry at uh, the lack of accountability for, uh, for Millie and Austin and the dishonor they've done to the uniform and ashamed that we left Afghan allies that they fought beside. Some saved their lives to the Taliban. So it's now become kind of a mission for me to speak the voice of our military. And uh, as I said, it's not a political song. If Donald Trump were president and we were here, I would write the same songs. The name would change. And you know what? I bet you would still play it because this is bigger than any political, you know, culture war bullet. Uh, we have a national shame and we have to admit our complicity in it. John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, my guest here on The Guy Benson Show, that song is called Blood on My Hands. You can check it out. You can buy it. You can look it up. John, we so appreciate the invite to the concert last weekend and your willingness to spend some time with us here on this Friday. Thank you very much, and let's talk again soon. Anytime, Guy. Have a great weekend, and good luck at the game. Thank you. Go Cats. It's the Guy Benson Show. Back after this. was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox & Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.